0: You are listening to the Conquering Evers Podcast. This is episode 31. Welcome to the Conquering Everest Podcast. My name is Brian Talore. Thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. Now, if you haven't already, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go ahead and give this podcast a follow, and then I need you to share it out with your family and friends. Let them know what you're listening to. I guarantee there's a story on this podcast that's going to resonate with them. Now, in today's episode, I have a conversation with Rachel West. Rachel is a personal growth coach and the founder of Empowering Growth. She helps empower individuals to transform their life, whether that be overcoming an addiction, self sabotage, or releasing limiting beliefs. Rachel herself was a victim of her own self sabotage growing up. She let fear stand in the way, but she was able to overcome and now helps others do the same. This is her story. All right, Rachel West, welcome to the Conquering Everest podcast. How are you?
1: I am doing wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on today.
0: Oh, I appreciate you coming on. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Uh, NLP has always been an interest of mine, so I definitely can't wait to get into that with you. But uh, before we, we get into all of that. Why don't we take a moment, if you don't mind, and introduce yourself to our watchers and listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. So today I'm a personal growth coach and the founder of Empowering Growth. Um, My background is in neurolinguistic programming and timeline therapy. And if you aren't familiar with what that is, um, neurolinguistic programming is basically a deeper study of psychology. It's the science of how your brain processes information through your five senses. It's how you communicate with yourself and with others and your internal programming. So that would be your behaviors, your attitude, your habits, perceptions in life and beliefs. And then timeline therapy is a technique that goes hand in hand with NLP. It's the use of active imagination and working with your unconscious mind to discover and recall events of the past. So it's really cool techniques and we'll talk more about those later. So I I founded Empowering Growth to focus on mindset and mental health. So I help people um, discover the root as to what holds them back and prevents them from moving forward in those areas of life that they struggle with the most. So that could be through an addiction, through anxiety and depression, self-sabotage, um, negative, self-ta- negative self-talk, kind of those things that just keep us stuck, and and we don't know where to go from there. So my yeah. goal is to help push people through that stuck state and move on and enjoy their life.
0: So that's very cool, um, and near and dear to my heart as well, because uh, that's, you know, something I'm very passionate about is helping uh, people, especially when they feel stuck. But I'm guessing, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to guess that, that at at five years old, you didn't say, I'm gonna grow up and be an empowerment coach and do NLP and all that. So why don't we go back in history a little bit and talk about what led you to this uh, line of work?
1: Yeah, so I do remember as a kid though, wanting to be a teacher when I grew up. So in a sense, a coach is similar to a teacher
0: Okay. Yeah, so. you got me on that one. I gotta give you the, I gotta give you that one. That you got me.
1: But you got it. A five-year-old probably doesn't know what a coach is, and even know that that, that thing is exists. Um, yes. Yeah, so, going back to five years old. Okay. So,
0: you and you don't have to go that uh, far back. I'm just setting it up. You can start wherever you want. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, I will talk about five years old because there is something important to be shared, but I'm going to fast forward a little bit and then go back. So um, I started my NLP personal growth journey about three years ago. So prior to that, unknowingly, I was living my life in the norm, doing the things that society tells you to do. I was in that box of you go, to, you go to high school, you graduate from high school, you go to college, you pick a degree, you get it, you um, start a business or you climb the corporate ladder and there, that's your life. That's what I was doing and that's the path that I was on. And when I graduated from high school, I I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went into college. I didn't know at that point what to choose and what to study and what, what to do for the rest of my life. And so I just knew that I needed to go to college because that's what you do. And I didn't want to disappoint my family by not going and society or friends or whoever that I was trying to appease at that time. So I just went and guess what? I didn't want to go to class. I didn't want to do my homework, and I wasn't getting good grades. Two things. One, I didn't know this at the time, but not having an end goal in mind, your brain can't achieve nothing. And so if you don't tell it what you want, and you're just doing something to do something, it can't comprehend that. And so, yeah, that's why I wasn't going to class. I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to be doing. And in the and in reality, I really didn't want to be there anyway, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just going to appease other people. So I ended up dropping out. and um, And then one day I'm driving home from work. And at this point, I have two jobs. I have a full-time job. I have a part-time job. And they're both pretty much minimum wage. And, and I'm driving home one day and it just kind of smacks me in the face. And, and I have this thought like, wow, this really sucks. This is not the life that I want to live. I don't want to be working two minimum wage jobs for the rest of my life. So I need to get it together. So I decided at that point I was going to choose my career, choose my path in life and decided on graphic design so I re-enrolled into a tech school that focused on graphic design and this time I, I made a commitment to myself. I told myself okay you're gonna focus, you're gonna do the work, you're gonna show up to class and I'm gonna get straight A's. That was my goal, that was my promise to myself when I enrolled. Now, I didn't end up getting straight A's. However, I put all my effort in and I showed up to class and I did the work and I did my best and I made honors. So that goes to show me, even though I didn't know this at the time, having that goal end goal in mind, okay, I'm going to get my degree in graphic design, having that end result and making that commitment to yourself to give it your all how different the results you get. Mm. So then I, I graduate with my degree, I get an internship and decide that I'm gonna move to Las Vegas from the Chicago area. And I move here and I am looking for a job, looking to start my career. And I'm applying at all these graphic design places and I end up getting the same answer every time. They really like me. They like my okay. resume. However, they're going with someone who has more experience. An eighteen, mm-hmm. or an eight-month internship isn't enough for them. <laughs> so, I'm working at a, a local coffee shop, and there's a girl here, there that um, I was also a graphic designer. And she jokingly said, hey, let's, we should start our own business. Well, I took her serious because at that point I was really frustrated. Like, well, if nobody else is going to hire me because I don't have the experience they're looking for, then I'll start my own business with this girl and I'll hire my own self. So we jump in, we start, we start the graphic design business and probably a year into it, year and a half into it. She tells me about this neuro-linguistic programming or NLP. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Never heard of it before. She's like, hey, you know, there's a boot camp they're having. They're going to be talking about NLP and teaching it. I think we should go check it out. I think it would help us in our business. So her being my partner, I trusted her. (laughs) I went and discovered all the NLP was and decided to jump in and start studying it for Uh, the communication side. I wanted to learn the different ways that people communicate and how they process information so that I could then turn around and in my business craft marketing messages to reach them on a deeper level. So I start studying NLP, decide to go all the way through the training and get my master's practitioner certification and become a trainer of NLP, And through that process, I discover that I no longer want to have this graphic design agency and that I want to start life coaching, focusing on mindset and mental health. Why do I choose that? Because a lot of my family members have addictions and still do have had. And so I was that family member growing up witnessing these people around me kind of deconstruct and ruin their life through substance abuse, drugs and alcohol, through gambling, through self-harm. And when I discovered these tools and the knowledge of NLP and Timeline Therapy and gained the gifts of helping people discover that route as to what is causing them to stay stuck. What What is it that they're suppressing and not wanting to deal with and helping them through that emotional experience so that they can move forward. And then through this discovery, I I have all these realizations that I have been living life just in the norm and, and kind of just going through the motions of life, but not really living it. And I have this discovery that that I was just, I was sabotaging this graphic design business to not work. You know, we, we started it in 2016 and it was slowly, slowly growing over the years, but it wasn't growing to what I wanted it to be. And it wasn't growing as fast as I wanted it to be and into this vision that I had for it. And, I have this discovery that it's because it was not what I really wanted to be doing. It was just something that I thought I was supposed to be doing. I was doing it. I was good at it. I liked it. So I just went along with it. Mm. And how many times in life do we all do that? Do we just keep doing what we're doing because we're good at it and we like it, even though it's not, Really fulfilling us.
0: Yeah, so I'm guilty. So I had
1: these aha. (laughs) Yeah, so I (laughs) had these aha moments, and so it was so easy to make that decision. And I can tell you the point that that I had this aha moment. It was through these trainings, and um, one day we were doing a a, a full day long breakthrough, and when I say day long, eleven hours. So Mm -hmm. it's this session where you just dig deep within yourself and you discover your family history, where you created beliefs um, and decisions in your life that, that hold you back. You discover your internal unconscious values, the things that are most important to you in life. You work through those negative emotions that we feel, that we suppress, that we, we avoid at times. And I'm talking with my partner and we're, we're going through this session and I'm telling her this. In the past, several times I had been going, I had been waiting to hit my rock bottom so that I could use that as motivation to push off of it and do what I wanted to do. So going back to driving home from work that one day and having that be my rock bottom at that time, like that aha moment where, man, this life sucks that I'm living right now. And that was enough motivation to push off and do what I wanted to do. Now, everybody's rock bottom is different. And I'm using that more as a metaphor, like waiting for everything to crash and burn before you do something about it. And that's what I was doing. And so I'm in the session and I'm telling her this, like, oh my gosh, I can feel it in my entire body that this bottom, this crash and burn is coming again. And I'm so excited. Wait, did I just say that out loud? (laughs) That I'm waiting eagerly for this rock bottom to crash and burn so that I have the motivation to do what I want to do. And I said this out loud to her and it took me saying that, now I had known that I was doing these things, but I didn't really know I was doing them. And it took me verbally saying, I mean, we think these things all the time in our head, but it took me verbally saying it out loud. That's the first time I had ever said that to anybody. And hear myself say that for it to be like, "Uh, what, what, what am I doing? Why am I waiting for this? (laughs) Why do I have to crash and burn to do what I want to do? Why don't I just do it? And so it was easy for me at that moment to start that transition out of the graphic design and into coaching. It's like you're just doing the things to do them that really what you want to be doing and you're sabotaging it and you're waiting for this crash and burn to come just do it mm-hmm. and so it was easy for me to just do it and i 100% believe in energy what you put out you get back and so i i had a conversation it took me 2 weeks to get the courage to have a conversation with my business partner Luckily, she had been going through this training with me, and she was great, and she she fully understood. So I had this conversation. I said, "Hey, I'll give you three months. I'll sign everything over to you. I will help you finish up any existing projects, and then I'm out. It's all you, and I'm starting this." And so I started my coaching business uh, January first, 2020 last day with her was January 31st, 2020, February, two weeks into February, got my very first client coaching client. So that just goes to show that when you let go of that energy, that's not serving you. It opens up the door to new possibilities for to new for new energy to come in.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you you believe? Do you believe in the law, law of attraction? Is that, is that, cause I know there's a lot of people that <clears throat> believe in it as it's described in, in say like a movie, like The Secret. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't quite believe in it in that sense. I have some other opinions on it, but are, mm-hmm. do you feel like when, cause when you said you, you, you get what you put out is what you get in return. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's, that's because you took action or was it just because you simply said, hey, universe, I'm coming for this. Get ready. Like, what? what how do you feel like the law of attraction plays in, into your success?
1: Well, I think it's both. I think it is you taking action because you could just, in order for you to receive, you have to take action. You can't yeah. just say, oh, universe, I want a million dollars, and then a million dollars lands in your lap you yeah, have to yeah you have <laughs> to take action and do put in the effort to receive that million dollars mm. Mm. so yes it's kind of both um let's see okay yeah. so i wanted to go back to 5 years old and the reason why is because when i was in kindergarten I was diagnosed with a learning disability. So at five years old, a doctor or school counselor, or whoever tells you you have this learning disability. Mm -hmm. So I take that label, I put it on my back and I carry it with me because why would you not at five years old, why would you not believe this doctor or why would you not believe the school counselor? They're, they're an authoritative figure. So for 27 years, I believed and carried this label of having a learning disability and it having that label that um, that belief funneled into all areas of my life and I'll share a few so having this learning disability created the belief within myself that wow, I have this learning disability. That must mean that I'm not as smart as everyone else. So then it flows into reading when I'm in grade school and they ask us to silently read a couple of pages. And I read the couple of pages and and I don't retain what I'm reading. And I need to go home and read it out loud so I can hear myself say the words and process and retain what I'm reading oh, well, that must be because I have this learning disability and I'm not as smart as everyone else. So I must be the only one that reads like this because I don't see anybody else reading out loud and I don't see anybody else struggling. So I must be the only one. So I'm just not going to read because I don't want to be the only one and be even more different than everybody Mm -hmm. else. So I didn't read I very minimal, like to get by and then funneled into writing. Well, how can I be a good writer? If I don't read, I'm not as smart as everyone else. And I have this learning disability and I struggled with writing. We have to write reports in school and I would never meet the minimum requirement. I was always short. And I would stretch and pull and try every trick to, to, to get to that minimum and never could do it. And even in my graphic design business, I struggled with coming up with a social media post, like, what do I say? Coming up with the words to say, I no. just struggled. And then I stumble into NLP, learn that I never had this learning disability and that It was just the way that I process information, the way that I learn, the way that I communicate, and teachers weren't explaining it to me in a way that made sense, so I was just lost and confused. Learning this, so I then peel off that label, throw it in the trash, no longer believe and accept it to be true. I don't have this, I never had this learning disability, and I don't accept that label anymore and I throw it away in the trash. Mm-hmm. Release that belief of having that learning disability. Releases the belief that I'm not as smart as I am as smart as everybody else. Releases the belief of not being a good reader. I read almost every day now. Right. Releases the belief of not being a good writer. And I just published my first co authored book in January of this year. And I went over the maximum requirement of words. So I share this to tell you that we we take on these beliefs or these labels from other people, or sometimes we give them to ourselves. And if you release them because you have the choice to accept it or reject it, and how many possibilities open up for yourself when you release those beliefs.
0: Right.
1: And that goes for anything and everything, anything that you're labeled with or diagnosed with. It works. And I say that, you know, when. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say you'd mentioned that um, it had you know that, that having that label or believing uh what you were told about about yourself it, it, it kind of stretched out and impacted other parts of your life so i'm guessing you know as you got into high school it probably uh, impacted friendships relationships uh, maybe uh, i i i can relate uh, similar i never was told i had a learning disability but i was you know told a lot that you know i couldn't do it that uh you know it, 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 What I wanted was out of reach. Um, And that did, as a young kid, it really, it, it, I lost confidence, not only in myself to obtain and achieve my goals, but I lost confidence with people. Like I I didn't know how to interact uh, because I was afraid they were going to reject me or I was going to say something wrong or say something stupid. So I'm guessing that uh, you, I mean, that for you, that was, was that, how you're you know as as you went through your teenage years and got into your 20s is that kind of that that label stuck in in all those aspects of life
1: yeah it did i i use the the school uh example just Mm -hmm. just for the sake but yes it does it does then flow into everything else so you think you're not as smart as everyone you're struggling to read you're struggling to write you're struggling to come up with words, which then affects your communication. So then I became very quiet and shy, and I really didn't make friends. I maybe had one good friend. Mm. And, you know, then, you know, in relationships, then you're very quiet, and you don't communicate. And, you know, it did. It affected my relationships. It affected my friendships. It even affected my family um, just because I would just not talk. I, I felt um, – and, and then – go. Then it flows into other areas, which is having the addiction in your family and, and seeing these unhealthy relationships. My mom was in and out of uh, marriages with substance abuse users, and and so my parents divorced when I was two years old. So having this belief that um, you know don't get too close to people because they're they're not yeah. gonna stay around because that's what I would see, just coming and going, coming and going, and so like I, I built up this wall as and only let people get so close to me. And I would wear this mask, like, um, I'm showing up how people want me to show up. So mm-hmm. here I am. <laughs> but in reality, I wasn't that it, it I was totally different. And, and I was, I didn't want people to know I had this learning disability and that I didn't wasn't a good writer and that I couldn't really read and all of this other stuff I didn't want people to know that about me so yeah I have to show up as this especially going into business at, in 2016 I still had this belief so I'm starting this business um, with a business partner and I'm going into graphic design and when you jump in to your first business if you're an entrepreneur you you don't you go to school to do what you want to do. So I went to school to learn how to become a graphic designer. They don't teach you how to run a business after you get out. They teach you how to do graphic design. So now I'm a brand new business owner and I'm wearing all of these hats and doing all the things that you get to do as a business owner and still having this belief that I'm not as smart as everybody else and I'm struggling to read and I'm struggling to write. So it's like you got to keep this mask on, this persona, because now you're this business owner and you have to show up professionally and you want people to pay for your services, but you don't want them to know that that's what's really going on inside. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like an an imposter. Did you feel like an imposter uh, going into business? It's like your mind saying, okay, I'm doing this, but... You know, I don't. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the most talented. Whatever you know, whatever lies we tell ourselves. Um, Did you did you enter? Did you go into business and have that like, what am I doing here? This you know, I shouldn't be a business owner.
1: Yeah, I did, and that's that. That was part of the sabotaging. Mm. Um, The other part was uh, eliminating beliefs around money when I was little. Before the age of seven is where we develop most of our our imprint, our beliefs, our, our um, habits, our attitude, our perceptions. All of that is formed before the age of seven mm-hmm. by the people who were around the most. Mm-hmm. So um, I forgot the purpose of me telling that.
0: Well, and I, I'll just add that... You um, know, they- they do say that the um, you know they, they say you you become the sum of the top five people that you're around the most, and I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Uh, mm-hmm. And even as a kid, yeah. you know, you're surrounded by all these, you know, like in your case, addiction, and you know, different people that you that are in and out of your lives, and and, and it, it it had to be, you know, you're just getting influenced from all the wrong, you know, all the wrong areas.
1: Yeah exactly so then oh that that's what I was gonna share so then I see my my mom and my stepdad arguing about money all the time finances mm. is the number one one problem in in homes and I create the that money's bad money causes arguing and fighting so you create that belief as a kid you forget about it mm. fast forward to your adult life your your growing, attempting to grow this design business and you're sabotaging it for these beliefs that you have around yourself and and your ability. And then you have this forgotten and unknown belief that money's bad, so any money you are making, you're getting rid of as quickly as possible because you don't want it because you remember that it's bad and just causes arguing and fighting.
0: Mm and that's all so just
1: unconscious. It's, really, it's all unconscious. And and that's the thing most people aren't aware of is that we have our conscious mind and we have our unconscious mind. And our conscious mind thinks that it runs our life. In reality, it's only about 10% where it's the unconscious, hmm. those things that we've forgotten about, the things we don't know about, like our heart's pumping, our eyes are blinking, or our backs on the chair. So it's those things that we're not aware of until we're made aware of
0: mm-hmm. yeah so with nlp uh, well actually you had mentioned that you did um kind of like a a timeline what what did what did you call it a timeline um you had a name for it <laughs> and it's slipping therapy me. therapy time
1: timeline therapy
0: so when you when you took when you, when you started down that path, it, um, so I'm guessing it sounds like that takes you. Are you going all the way back to like your earliest memories and then mapping out? Um, like for instance, you said, "Well, my stepdad and my mom always argued about money," uh, you know, or you know, this person had an addiction. And, and you're kind of like, as I think is, you know, with a, if if you ever go on like ancestry.com or something, it kind of maps out this whole big, it it starts small and it just spreads out and you can kind of see everything from a holistic level. Is that when you say timeline therapy, is that what you're doing or, you know, maybe explain a little more about what that entails?
1: Pretty much. And that's a really good explanation. I've never thought of that. But how I explain it is your your brain, once it's formed in the womb, it's, it's like a filing cabinet. So it stores every single memory that you have in your brain or your, your filing cabinet. And so the timeline therapy allows you to go back and dig through your filing cabinet or your brain memories and pull out the ones that you want to work on, the ones that you've forgotten about, the ones that you don't know even exist there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so on a... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say on a neurological level, what's happening is we have around 90,000 thoughts come in our mind every single day every single day. Like I said, your eyes are blinking, your blood's pumping, uh, there's sun coming in from the window, the air conditioning's on, my feet are on the floor, it goes on and all through your five senses, there's all of this information coming at you. So then what your brain does with all that information, it's like, that's a lot. So it takes and keeps five to nine of the most important things to you, and it mm. releases all the rest. So your five to nine are going to be different from my five to nine, my five to nine are going to be different from the next person. So everybody's five to nine, thoughts and memories are different. Right. They're, they're never the same. And that's why you can we have different perspectives, because our brain is keeping different parts. That is the most important to us. And it's getting rid of the rest. So then those, what it's keeping is stored in your brain files or your your uh, memory. Mm-hmm. And then using the timeline allows you to look through those and go back in time. And you can even rewrite them. So you go back to that moment when you see your parents arguing. And instead of creating the belief, wow, that money's bad, you think about what you can take from that. So... Basically, society is formed to take the negative. So you're in that experience or event. Your parents are arguing. You grab and take the negative from that. And you carry that with you. If you the, can go every negative.
0: No, go ahead. <laughs> I was
1: going to say every negative has to have a positive. So if you're taking the negative, there has to be positives there. So you could go back and say, well, what's positive in that time at, I don't know, five years old when you hear your parents arguing?
0: Right. Well, the,
1: the,
0: the limiting beliefs um, or those those perceptions that we hold on to, they, so how does the subconscious mind and the conscious mind work together? Because I'm kind of, uh, as, as I'm absorbing this i I, you know you well we'll just stay on the money train for a minute you you saw your parents Mm -hmm. arguing about money um your subconscious mind first that's conscious it processes through your conscious mind then your subconscious mind goes oh okay you're telling me that money is bad so i i don't know you know i right or wrong i'm just taking what you're giving me and Mm -hmm. and so that locks into your subconscious mind from from your conscious mind is is that am i correct Mm -hmm. in that that it processes from conscious to subconscious and then on the reverse end mm -hmm. go ahead we gotta and i'll just say for our our watchers listeners there's just a slight delay so if you if it seems like we have these awkward pauses it's just a slight delay okay
1: Oh, so um, I was just going to mention, so of those 90,000 thoughts that, that we're getting every single day, 80,000 of those, 10% of those are negative thoughts or about things that we don't want. So the majority of the things that we're taking with us, the things that we're, we're storing as beliefs, the things that we're perceiving are, are negative hmm. So it. I, going back to kind of the law of attraction and and believing in energy and every positive has to have a negative so that those negative things, there has to be a positive, there has to be an alternative. And how are you viewing it? Are you looking at it from the negative side? Or are you looking at it from the positive side? Most people look at things from the negative side.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can totally relate with that. And, And the subconscious mind fascinates me in how, you know, it will hold on to and then it it's almost like it, it trickles, it trickles those beliefs back into situations. So, you know, you get a little older, you're starting a business and, and now your subconscious mind goes, oh great, you're starting a business, but remember you have a learning disability. So you're probably not, you know, it's just kind of, it's fascinating how the conscious and subconscious mind interact (laughs) with each other.
1: Yeah yeah so the purpose of this the unconscious or subconscious is to protect you so um if you aren't ready to deal with it a problem insert problem it's it's not going to present it to you Mm. and most people don't know that it exists or know how to pay attention to it or know how to listen to it so it's kind of like extreme example here. But the person who gets into an, an abusive relationship, the mm-hmm. first time, it's like a tap on the hand, they get out of the relationship, they get into another relationship, a different person. Uh, same problem, though, they're mm-hmm. still abusive. And now this time, it's not a tap on the hand, it's a it's a punch in the arm. They get out of the relationship, get into a new one it's a different person but the problem's still there now it's a slap in the face Mm. and and basically it's your unconscious mind uh, showing you like in a mirror are you ready to learn the lesson from this and the person says here's a slap on hand are you ready to learn your lesson from this no okay next next relationship slap a uh, punch in the arm. Are you ready to learn your lesson now? No? Okay, next relationship, same problem, punch in the, you know, punch in the face. It's, it's presenting the the learning and the lesson from that event or experience, and then being your mirror to say, are you ready to deal with this? Are you ready to to figure out why this is happening. And if you ignore it and most people do because they don't know that it's there or know to pay attention or really listen to it, they just keep going on in the same pattern, it's just getting bigger and stronger every time because now your unconscious mind is like, wow, bombs are going off. Are you ready to pay attention yet? (laughs) And you're like, no, okay. What
0: what do you think holds us back from saying, "Hey, okay, so I'm in a relationship and I get a uh, slap on the, the wrist, and I'm like, uh, I'm one person may say, you know what, I'm done, I'm out of here, forget about it. Uh, the other person, like you said though, they th- they say, well, okay, so I'm leaving, but they they find themselves attracted to the same type of individual.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what is I, like, what is preventing us from saying, hey, this is my rock bottom for this situation? I mean, what, what, makes, us, what makes us continue to put ourselves into the same situations over and over again?
1: Um, it's because people don't know what they don't know. People don't hmm. know to listen. People don't know their imprint. They don't know what was formed before the age of seven. Their attitude, their behavior, your, their beliefs. So, if there's for me self worth, well, these my dad did not stay around. These guys don't stay around. The relationships don't work out. The friendships don't work out. For me, it's self, it's self-esteem, self esteem, self. Well, why do I matter? Why? Why? How am I important if my dad doesn't even stay around? What makes me important? You know, and so it's. I think it's. <clears throat> Uh, plays into that where people stay in those relationships because that reason they they think they well this is all I got this is this is gonna be my life because this is what I'm worthy of or I want to be loved and this person loves me because they never got it or maybe their parent was that way. If you're learning before the age of seven from the most influential people and your parents abusive, then you usually a child will then go and get in relationships with the parent. Because if you're seeing your mom be abusive to you, then you believe that that's what life is. That's mm-hmm. all you know. If your mom or dad is abusive towards you, you think that that's what you do in life. You abuse people. Hmm. So then you either are the abuser or you get into a relationship with the abuser because you think that that's life. Yeah. So until you don't know you get, any different,
0: until you get to that point where you're ready to reframe the, mm-hmm. you know, and reprocess it and say, oh, wait a minute, okay, I deserve better than this. You know, I, th- I guess we all have our different levels of tolerance and some people will continue on for longer periods of time than others just because their depth of what they can, what they can yeah. throw on their back is, is different.
1: Exactly. I want to
0: make, I want to make sure we have time uh, to discuss uh, not only your coaching, uh, but your, you know, your books and, and all that. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and take the next few minutes if, you, if, you, uh, if you'd like to go ahead and just promote uh, and share uh, maybe websites or books and different things that uh, our listeners and watchers how they could re- how they could connect with you.
1: Okay. So the best place to go is my website. It's empoweringgrowthcoach.com. There you can find my book um, for purchase. You can find all my social media links to connect with me. You'll find my phone number and email if you want to reach out. Um, you'll find all my services. If you're interested in coaching, you'll find all of that information there as well. So the best place to go is my website. Again, it's empoweringgrowthcoach.com.
0: Okay. We'll make sure that's that's in the uh, descriptions and all that good stuff. So uh, if you're watching or listening, if you just look below, you're probably going to see that. Um, that link or you should see that link or shame on me. But uh so as we wrap up here, it, it's uh it's fascinating conversation and time's just flown by. I, I wish sometimes I could slow it down, but uh I can always have you back on the show. So that's the that's the, the I guess maybe that's uh maybe secretly I'm 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 shortening these episodes so I can have people back. But uh there you what, go. <laughs> yeah what would be uh, just just as we get ready to wrap up, uh, some of these out there, they 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 they're stuck, they they mm-hmm. they they feel like an imposter, and mm-hmm. they they're on the cusp of you know whether or not it's it's time to get help or change. What what parting words of wisdom or advice would you uh, leave that individual with?
1: remember to always focus on the things that you want as opposed to the things that you don't want. When you have anxiety around any situation, whether that's the anxiety around being an imposter, anxiety around um, you know stepping into a business or or a, a diagnosis of, of some sort, whatever you're getting anxiety around is really just a warning from your unconscious mind for you to focus on the things that you want. Because when you have anxiety, you're playing in your mind a negative ending to a situation that hasn't even occurred yet. So what's the difference if you take that same energy and create a story, a positive story? To the ending that hasn't happened yet
0: yeah so we all have that power to we get to write we get to write the rest of our book uh, we all have that power mm-hmm. it's just a shift that we have to make so well very cool i i've enjoyed having you on and like i said i I'll, i'm going to stay in touch because i'd like to have uh another conversation with you and, and maybe even get deeper down uh deeper take a deeper dive into nlp and um, the timeline therapy. Uh, so, if you're game for that, I will, I will, um, I will mark you down as, as a return guest yes. in the near future. Uh, so, everybody, yes, uh, yep, I, for sure. Uh, and if you're watching, and you're listening. Make sure you check out our website. Check out the books. And um, sounds like all of your contact information is out there. So, if 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 you're thinking about reaching out. Uh, I I say go ahead and reach out to to Rachel. I think you're standing by, right? You got the email. (laughs) So, all right. Well, uh, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, Hang tight. I'm going to end this stream, but we'll have a little chat uh, just to follow up. All right, there you go. There you have it, my conversation with Rachel West self sabotage and fear i tell you what that's something near and dear to my heart it is something that held me back for many many years of my life and you know what fear is just a big old bully and once you stand up to it once you stand up to that bully and you say hey i'm not i'm i'm not playing this anymore you'd be surprised. But, you know, fear, well, it stops controlling who you are and what you do. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you check out all the links in the description below. Uh, You can find ways to contact me. You can also find ways to contact my guest. Please make sure to give this podcast a follow. And if you have the option to leave some feedback, I'd love to hear back from you. Give it a rating. Uh, every every, ep- or every uh, platform's a little bit different. But if you give it a follow and if you give it a share on social media, that will help this podcast grow and I certainly would appreciate it. That's it for today. But make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. But until then, continue to aim high. Be courageous and go do amazing things.